This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. I think it was too open-ended, uh, too many goals. Uh, probably good to watch, not going to lie. Uh, but uh, fantastic uh, to come back. Uh, conceded, I think, three goals probably from corners or set pieces. Which is uh, something we need to have a look at and work on. But the spirit in the team to, to come back and, and eventually uh, go through is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was, as I said, it was probably fantastic to, to sit at home and, and watch a game. But... Uh, I think for our liking it was too open, uh, but a fantastic cup, cup game and obviously uh, fantastic to be still be in the, in the competition. On the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Gilfie Sigurdsson's reaction after Everton dumped Tottenham out of the FA Cup in midweek. Gong Si Fatai, first evening of the brand new year of the Ox. I say goodbye you dirty rat and... May this be a delightful 12 months for all. Um, all right, that was Goofy Sigurdsson. We're going to talk about the FA Cup fifth round. And by we, I mean these adopted Chinese gentlemen in front of me to this evening. <laughs> Craig Marias, hello. Gongzi Fatai. Gongzi, Gongzi. Uh, how's everyone doing? I hope you're having a great day um, uh, with your loved ones. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ang Pao's, please. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> There's Gorgil. Hello. Looking very good in red. Thank you, Gongsi. Gongsi. It's the Chinese killer, of course. The year of the ox is a one of positivity and happiness and light to everybody. I promise. I promise to do my best to stop that. Well, the only way is up, really. <laughs> Isn't it, Bob Holmes? <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah. Um... But we survived, and I, I think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be a better year. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I think we we we, we should have known last year when they said year of the rat. It was a big clue. Do you know what I mean? A massive one. <laughs> anyway, guys, you can tweet us all individually. You can also tweet at BFM Radio. Do follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. Midweek FA Cup fifth round. I'm not a great fan. Of, I mean, as if the FA Cup needs any more gloss taken away from it. Now you have a midweek round where a lot of fans in Asia, I'm saying, probably didn't watch the games. Although Everton 5, Tottenham 4 was great fun, Craig. Yes, on paper, it was definitely a fixture that you'd want to wake up for, regardless if it was at 4. <laughs> 4.15 it was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, on paper, fantastic picture, you know, and, and the match lived up to its billing. Um, you had two teams who really wanted to be in the hat for the next round. Um, named strong squads um, all round. However, um, you know, for for Spurs, I think they'll be kicking themselves here. Um, so, some of the goals, I mean, you talk about a thriller, um, a lot of goals in this. But I think both managers will be looking at this as well uh, from a defensive point of view and thinking... Could we have done better for some of the goals? Uh, I think so. And and Spurs especially, I thought uh, some goals I thought were really soft, um, you know, poor marking, almost gifting Everton goals. Um, yeah, and you don't do that to good sides. You know, you're talking about a side uh, with with the likes of, of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, um, who's, who's coming back into form now. Yeah. Um, sadly, he went off injured. Exactly. Uh, but, but you look at some of the goals and, and I, you know, Hugo Lloris, I, I've, I've always had an issue with him. Um, I never thought he was as good as people made him out to be, um, and and that was uh, and that's proven over uh, the years. He, he doesn't consistently make mistakes, uh, but he's always got a mistake in him. Um, and, and for me, um, I just don't think you know. You talk about top world class goalkeepers, and yes, you know, everyone will point to the fact that he won a World Cup, um, but was that really down to him? Um, I don't think so, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, I've never thought he was a top, top goalkeeper. I think he's a good goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, but Spurs um, will be kicking themselves. I think this, with the team that they had out, you know, it was only about two, three months ago where they were top of the Premier League and everyone was saying, is this their year to compete for the league? I mean, they've really come off the boil massively. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we spoke about silverware. Can, can Mourinho take them to the next level? Um, and he's he's... Well, they still got the Carabao Cup. I know that um, against City, uh, it won't be easy. But I mean, the FA Cup is is really something special and would have been really big for Spurs. 
Yeah, for, for, for Everton, Gilfie Sigurdsson put in a man-of-the-match performance, three assists, as well as yeah. a penalty. So, great performance from him. But Spurs, Bob, on Tuesday, Gareth Bale tweeted, great training session, posted a picture of him. He wasn't even in the squad on Wednesday. When asked about it, Mourinho kind of, well, pointed it back towards Gareth Bale. It's not going well, is it? Uh, no, it isn't. Um, there was that initial optimism when he came back. Uh, Spurs fans welcomed him back, uh, the, like the prodigal son returning home. And it seemed a, a win-win situation. Um, even Real Madrid were glad to get uh, him off their hands, or at least a chunk of his £650,000 <laughs> a week salary. Now, that bears converting into ringgit, I think. <laughs> it's, uh, it's around uh, three million. It's getting on for three million ringgit a week. Now, he's hardly played. And I think Real Madrid could have warned Spurs that this was likely to happen because this has been the story of the last couple of years for him there. We know he's won all sorts of trophies. He's won the Champions League four times, La Liga three or four times, and he's got 200 million in the bank. But he's going to be remembered for this as much as his trophies, I'm afraid. Great player, but he doesn't want to play. Yeah. And you could see the disgust in Mourinho's tone. And it's exactly what Zinedine Zidane felt um, at Real Madrid. I I'm sorry to say this because he's, a he's an electrifying player at his best, but I fear we'll we won't see his best again. And the way it's going, it doesn't look as if he's bothered. Mm. And that's probably the biggest loss of all. Absolutely. That's the saddest thing of all. Fella just wants to play golf. All right, let's move on with the FA Cup. Man United... Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, we've got so many games to talk about. They painted such an incredible game of football with two miserable um, interpretations. Loris is rubbish. Spurs are defending too much. Gareth Bale. This was a sensational game of football. And we've got the Ancelotti uh, <laughs> uh, 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 in impression of blowing his coffee cup. Everton wanted it more. There were thrilling goals past Loris into the far corner. This was a superb advert for the FA Cup. And I'm not going to have that this is all about Gareth Bale and this is all about bad defending. This was the best advert that the FA Cup can possibly give you. Both teams wanting to win. Sorry, I'll take myself. No, well done. Well said, well said. Up the coffees, I say. Up the coffees. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, all right. Totally, totally agree with you, Des. Totally agree with you. What? I just have to say that about Bale. Whilst that was a nine-goal thriller, um, Man United won West Ham nil was an after-extra-time slow burner of slow burners that started at 4.15 or something. Um, Craig, that was difficult to watch, wasn't it? Oh, painful. Um, you know, you, you look at this United squad and you knew that there was going to be some changes uh, to the team, uh, but you thought, you know, even with the, with the changes, the quality that was coming in, uh, thinking about, you know, Donny van der Beek and, and co. Um, you, you thought it would be, you know, good enough to see off this West Ham side, who who played a fairly strong side, a couple of players missing, but um, generally it was their first team squad. Um, but no, it was just torrid. Um, uh, you know, add to the fact that West Ham had to make multiple substitutions um, due to injuries. Had no centre forward. <laughs> yeah, had no centre forward. Young kid in the end. Um, who, who ended up being subbed off, subbed on and then subbed off. Uh, poor guy. Um, but it, it was just a poor performance. Um, it needed a bit of a spark. Um, it came when, you know, McTominay uh, decided to take control of the game, um, you know, a forward run into the box and he finished it. But um, is there any positives to take from the match? I really don't think so. Uh, if, I, if I was only going to Solskjaer, I, I really don't. There are videos circulating of Bruno Fernandes shouting at uh, McTominay saying, Oi, <laughs> that was meant for me, that pass, <laughs> as yeah. McTominay acted in. Um, I mean, that, that kind of just uh, uh, typifies what yeah, Bruno's about. Right? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, he just wants the boy, he wants to score. 
Um, and he wants to play every game. Um, mm. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, he should be rested more and this, that, the other. But I think he's the type where, I mean, you think back to someone like Wayne Rooney, who would love to play three, four games a week. Bruno reminds me of that in terms of, you know, wanting to play. Um, so, so with games coming thick and fast uh, this season, you know, I think it suits him to a T. Yes, yep. he's going to come off the ball at times, but um, he just wants to play and wants to win. Yep, yep. All right, let's move on. So many FA Cup games to talk about. We can't cover them all. Swansea 1, Man City 3 is Man City's 15th win in succession, Des Corkill. This, this is even, apparently his win rate, Guardiola's win rate at City is even better than when he was uh, at Barcelona. I need to take you back uh, a few months ago when when uh, they just started this this run. In fact, uh, they weren't they were struggling scoring goals. And on this program, we said mm, uh, there's a problem scoring goals, but they're still winning. And you could sense then, and I, I said as much then that hey, watch out, they're they're a bit of a juggernaut. My word, they just steam roller teams. Plus, they're getting that little bit of fortune, that Cal Walker opening goal. Uh, they've had fortunes with the offsides in a couple of games mm. and um, things like that. So, so little things are going their way. A, a, a cross turns into a goal, which in, a, in a, a difficult fixture gives you the first goal and the confidence which you've already got to go forward. But they're, they're fluent. They, they are Guardiola. Um, I had a big debate with uh, somebody uh, on a, another channel earlier this year who said Guardiola without Messi isn't, isn't um, a top-class top, top coach. I think he's showing that he absolutely really is because <laughs> even without Aguero, even without uh, Kevin De Bruyne, he's got players playing to a system which is just fluent and beautiful and fun to watch and now very resilient as well. Even the goal they conceded was 3-0 and you, they were annoyed. Edison was annoyed that they conceded. So this is just a juggernaut. Um, I Really, it's difficult to see anybody stopping because everybody is contributing. Yeah, they got Gabriel Jesus scoring, and that was a really nice goal as well. All right, moving along, probably the only shock, Bob Holmes, off the round. Burnley nil, Bournemouth 2. Bournemouth now under the caretaker stewardship of Jonathan Woodgate, along with Harry Redknapp in his ear, like, like oh, Johnny, all right. Terrific, terrific performance. But yeah, um, was that a shocker for you, Bob? Well, it was uh, a bit of a shock, yes. Uh, Burnley have been doing all right, haven't they, exactly. lately? Um, and it was at home, um, and Bournemouth have not been doing very well in uh, the championship. They've slipped after a, a, a decent start. So, yeah, it was quite a shock, but not. I don't think it would trouble the Richter scale, and certainly not in this part of the world. I don't think many people would have um, paid much attention to it, uh, sadly. Uh, just just to make the point that Des made, that that Spurs-Everton game was one of the FA Cup classics. I think it will stand the test of time. And it was a throwback to the old days of, right, it was a night game. It was a midweek game. It was like one of those replays we used to have. Yeah. <laughs> way, way back, there were unlimited replays. I remember uh, a couple of ties actually went to the fifth an even sixth replay, and it gripped the whole country. I mean, even if they weren't particularly big teams, you were just fascinated to see how it would go and somebody would end up scoring, uh, you know, in the 93rd minute or something and drag it on for another week and on and on it would go. But there is some drama about playing the FA Cup at night. Yeah. Um, and there we saw it at its best. Uh, we also saw it at its worst. The other games weren't, um, weren't up to much, were they? No. None of them. No. But that more than made up. And if anybody's wondering, YouTube it. Watch that game. It was an absolute cracker. It was. But I diverted a bit from Bournemouth. And I was going to say, don't put it past Harry Redknapp to get <laughs> He's done it before. He's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, all right. It's his local team. He lives. Yeah. He lives nearby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just going to say, um, Bournemouth, since Woodgate had taken over, have, have won their last two games. Um, so, so I don't know if it's new manager bounce or, or anything like that. He hasn't got the job on a permanent basis yet, but he's really putting in a good uh, claim for it. Um, and also, Burnley did make a lot of changes to that. Yeah, I think they made about nine changes, and Bournemouth had a solid squad out. 
Um, so I think uh, it's not a big of an upset as, as it looks on paper. Um, I think if you look at it, uh, you know, Bournemouth have a quality side anyway. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a very, it was a strong uh, Bournemouth side um, against the weak Burnley side. Yep. Elsewhere, Leicester won, Brighton nil, Sheffield United won, Bristol City nil, Wolves nil, Southampton two. Well done, Ralph Hasenhuttle. Uh, Barnsley nil, Chelsea won, uh, Tuchel's eyeing a trophy. So the quarterfinal draw then, guys. Everton against Man City has got to be the standout tie. Uh, Everton, Man City, Bournemouth, Southampton, Leicester City versus Man United could be tasty as well. And Chelsea versus Sheffield United. Ties are scheduled to take place over the weekend of the of 20th and 21st of March. That, in a nutshell, is your FA Cup fifth round. Uh, stay tuned. Back after the break when we start previewing uh, match week 24 for you has come up with uh, something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Oh, it's a That is a general hit! This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Kong Si Fatai for Year the Fox. Ox, Fox, I was going to say. Ox said all that. Um, when you're as old as we are, you, you no longer get red packets. I, I remember them well. Uh, of course, Craig's not included in that. Um, all right, then. Match week 24 happening in the EPL. The early kickoff is Leicester City in third, taking on fourth place Liverpool. Um, massive question. Uh, from the game. All right, let's let's focus on Liverpool here. Des Colkill. We've we've seen Liverpool last time out. It was a painful home loss against Man City. Question here has to be: Does Jurgen Klopp start one of the two centre backs, either Kabak or, or Davis, uh, to partner Fabinho? It's time to move Henderson maybe out the back four. Yeah, before anything goes, uh, the, obviously um, there's been news about Jurgen Klopp losing his, his mum uh, and not being able to get over to the funeral. And uh, there's been a lot of criticism of Jurgen Klopp, not from Liverpool fans, it must be said, but from around the region saying he's been testy in interviews. And it's kind of a reminder that these are human beings. Uh, they may be very well-paid human beings. Um, and so let's remember it. it is just a game and there are far, far more important things than the game. Um, so he does have a decision to make, Jurgen Klopp. Hopefully his, his, his mind is fully on Liverpool. I'm sure it, I'm sure it will be. And I do hope he plays uh, a centre-back. He's, uh, it, it's, he's made a big play of getting the two centre-backs in, Davis, possibly more for the future than for now. But Kabak has come in highly regarded. And Liverpool have been missing the Jordan Henderson and the Fabinho bite in midfield. And uh, the, 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 the Liverpool power has been lost over a period of time, and the results have, have really come um, badly in the last uh, six weeks or so. Remember, they were top of the league, but they're still in, in the Champions League. But if you buy somebody um, with uh, international pedigree, I think you've got to, you've got to trust them at some time. Um, and, and this is huge for Liverpool. This is huge for Kabak. If he's up against Jamie Vardy, what an introduction. What an introduction into English football. But, yeah, um, I would hope that he plays him. If he doesn't, I'll back him 100% um, because he's a, a wonderful manager. But from this observer's point of view, I do think you're missing the, the drive and the leadership of Jordan Henderson in the heart of midfield. Yeah, yeah. And, and that may be a reason why um, Thiago hasn't been performing as well as... Um, but uh, Bob, uh, Leicester City here, I mean, can actually put the nail in the coffin, so to speak of Liverpool's challenge here. I mean, should Leicester win, Liverpool would completely be taken out of it, wouldn't it? Wouldn't they? Well, I think they are anyway. I mean, they're not mathematically out of it, of course, but with City uh, steamrolling everybody along like that, um, I don't think uh, there's really any chance. I don't think they're thinking in terms of retaining the title for one second now. That game on Sunday was the last chance. Um but uh, there is the small matter of finishing in the top four to guarantee Champions League football <clears> next <throat> season. Um, be unthinkable if they weren't to do that. And, but they've got work to do. They, they, um, 
Given the unpredictability of the season, their injury problems, question marks about the two new centre-halves, whether they're going to cut the mustard or not, um, huge issues uh, to be sorted out. And it will be fascinating to see. I think it'll be Kabak who gets the nod um, again, alongside Fabinho, probably. Um, Although he may go for Henderson, and because Fabinho's been missing from midfield, his bite as well, Um, his ball-winning ability particularly. They used to win it back so quickly, Liverpool, and catch people out and then feed the front three, and they thrived on that. And that's been missing from Liverpool. Um, This is very interesting, this game, because it was against Leicester last year when Liverpool, I think, probably played, gave their best performance of the entire season. And it was from after coming back as world champions. And at that time, they could do no wrong. They were top of the league by miles. Leicester were considered a bit of a challenge and they really put them in their place. And they, you saw the gap in class straight away. And it, it was an imperious Liverpool back in those days. And bear in mind, this was after they had travelled to the Gulf in the middle of the busiest part of the season and won the World Club Championship, came back and thrashed Leicester City. Now look at them. Leicester fancy this. That's how much they've progressed and how much Liverpool have fallen back. So this will be a real test of both clubs. It should be fascinating. Uh, Eight o'clock on Saturday night, get watching because this is the game. I know there's a big one uh, afterwards um, <laughs> later on Manchester City and Spurs, but to me, this, this is a fascinating one and it's very, very hard to call. Liverpool could bounce back or they could be struggling to make the top four. It's it's timed perfectly. 8.30 p.m. kickoff is literally eight hours after uh, cricket. Uh, eight hours of cricket between between India and England in the second test. Um, it's timed perfectly in Malaysia, not in the UK. I've never been a fan of a midday kickoff. Oh, come on. We, we get enough 8 p.m.s over here to, to put up with, especially this season. But yeah, it's... Uh, whatever time, really. <laughs> Leicester versus Liverpool is well worth watching. It is third versus fourth. All right, slightly later then, uh, 4 a.m. kickoff on Sunday. Woo! Is Brighton in 15th, taking on ninth place Aston Villa. Brighton eliminated Craig Marias midweek in the FA Cup. Um, They've been going along nicely. Uh, prior to that, they've had, what, wins against Liverpool in there. They, they haven't conceded many goals. Um, with them, it's always about a case of putting them in the back of the net at the front end. Yeah, I think um, Grant Potter won't look too much into that FA Cup result. I think, um, you know, Premier League uh, survival or, or getting up the table was was more important for him. And that was, that was very clear um, with his selection. Um, yeah. You're right with what you said, Ross. Um, they, they've improved dramatically over the last few few weeks. Um, you know, th- there was a danger of Brighton being one of those teams who play good football, um, but not quite getting the results. And um, you know, it was going that way. They, they 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 were good, good on the eye, not effective. Yeah, I thought the defending was poor. They had a change of goalkeeper midway through the season. Um, Mopé was in and out of the squad. They didn't really score a lot of goals. They still don't score a lot of goals. But what they're doing now is that they've, they've toughened up at the back. Um, I think Sanchez is, is is actually a very good goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, very imposing. Um, so it, it was a big it was a big risk um, that Potter took, replacing a, a seasoned international goalkeeper with a relative rookie. Um but it's paid off. Um, I, I think uh, they look a lot better. They still got people like Lamptey to come into the team. Yep. Uh, Apparently he's available he this weekend. So as well. I, I don't think he is. Uh, I don't think Lamptey's available uh, from what I read. All right. Um, okay. But um, yeah, he, he's a big. He's a big miss. Welbeck's a big miss. They've had some injuries, but um, they, they're slowly starting to get some form and and grinding out wins. You know, being a little bit more resolute. Um, and and you know a little bit of quality in the in the final end. I still think um, that they're short of a really good striker. I think if they had gone out and got a really good striker from somewhere um, during during the uh, January transfer window, 
Um, I think it would have really suited them. I, I like Malpe. I think he does a job. Um, but maybe he's not exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, fair play to Grand Potter. He sorted it out and then moved up the table. Yeah, absolutely. Brighton are, are looking to do the double over Aston Villa. It was 2-1 at Villa Park to Brighton. Villa, Des Corkill, are going to be well-rested. They beat Arsenal last time out. Um, they, they are having a good season. You can't deny that. Although they might lose John Terry. I understand he's his favourite for, uh, or he's on the shortlist for the Bournemouth job. Ah, OK. Um, maybe he's <laughs> having something to do with their defensive solidity. But Aston Villa, if they win their two games in hand, go into a Champions League slot. That's how good their season has been. It's, uh, it is a, a remarkable about turn. They shouldn't be in the Premier League. They were kept in by a VAR stroke goal line decision. <laughs> However, I, I, I've got to say that because that's worth hundreds of million yeah. pounds yeah, each yeah. way. One to Villa one, uh, and one against Bournemouth. And it's yeah. uh, a big business. So anyway, uh, that's, that's my one. No, it's not my one VAR. Um, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're strong. Strength of a good goalkeeper. Uh, Craig just pointed out Sanchez into Brighton. I was a Matty Ryan fan, but Sanchez has come in. And uh, just one example, in the game against Liverpool, last minute, a corner comes in nine yards out. Sanchez is up towering above everybody. Clean call, clean catch, confident goalkeeper making great saves. Emi Martinez has done something very similar to Villa. Take away that uh, 3-1 defeat uh, the West other day Ham. against West Ham, where he was culpable definitely for one, possibly for two. He's been outstanding. He's been a rock. That gives you central defence uh, a little bit more certainty. It means Grealish doesn't have to defend. It means that the front three can, can play with a lot more freedom. And it, it's based upon, you, you sort out, you don't give away stupid goals. Yeah. And I think that's what Villa have done. And that has freed them to get um, support to Jack Grealish, who was a great signing for them. And there, there's the rewards. So it's not about defensive play, but it's about being solid defensively. And I think Villa have got that. And that 1-0 victory over Arsenal epitomised their season to a T. All right, brilliant stuff. Brighton against Aston Villa is Sunday, 4 a.m., 15th against 9th, 1-1. Uh, back right after this break. And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that black lives matter. On the ball on BFM 89.9. We wondered if he'd make a difference. So he beats him all ends up, doesn't he? Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Uh, Kong Si Fatai from Bob Holmes, Craig Marias, and Des Corkill, of course, myself as well. Uh, do tweet us. You can find us individually on Twitter or tweet at BFM Radio. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And our CNY video is out. TFIF on video via YouTube. Do check it out. West Brom in 19th, take on second place Manchester United. This one's a Sunday, 10 p.m. kickoff. West Brom have just taken one point from the last five games, Bob Holmes. Um, is Big Sam going to fail for the first time in his career? I think so. Uh, it looks very much like it. Uh, he, um, if he pulls this one off, it'll certainly be his greatest escape. But um, he's normally made an impact by now. Um, he didn't sign quite as many players as I expected in the January window. He normally signs half a team. Um, but uh, he doesn't seem to have imposed himself very much at all. They're not even as negative as they normally are. Um, you know, he's, I mean, he even gave it a, a bit of a go in the last game. Um, very unsam like uh, he hasn't got the players. I, um, I mean, they, they were a little bit fortunate. I think fl they were flattered, really, to um, go up last season. I think um, I know they, they went up automatically. They got one of the automatic places. But um, when you see them, they're miles behind Leeds, for example. And, uh, and you look at Brentford and uh, who didn't go up and Fulham who did. Uh, they're a different class. Yeah. to uh, West Brom. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't really offer much at all. And uh, I think he was just, I don't think he's that bothered about the record. Uh, I don't think he needs the money either. He's, he's a football manager and he'd been out of the game for 18 months or so. And he, and he was offered a chance to get back in. Um, and he took it and, you know, 
good luck to him, but I don't think he's going to save them. And this Manchester United in good form, especially away from home, um, it looks like a fairly comfortable win uh, for United. Although they were, they did have to work a bit for the uh, FA Cup uh, victory in midweek and while West Brom were resting, if that's a, a factor in West Brom's favour. But you can't really see um, anything other than a comfortable United win here. Okay, Craig Marias, I ask you this. I want you to bear in mind players like Shinji Kagawa, Juan Sebastian Veron. I ask you, if you watch the West Ham game, is Donny van der Beek broken? You know when the, when the substitute board went up and the cameras yeah. panned to van der Beek, did you see his face? Did you? It, it was a pop about to break into tears. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know where you're coming from, but uh, one thing I will say is that it's um, it's tough when you haven't played for long periods to suddenly get thrown into it, uh, kind of try and find your rhythm, try and find that match fitness, try and find that sharpness. I mean, you know, you can train all week. You, can, you know, you can say, you know, he, he trains and, and, and everything, but there's nothing quite like match sharpness. Um, and, and he was clearly off the boil. I think... This There's is the talk first. that his teammates don't trust him. Did you read them all about that? I, I didn't, no. Um, and, and I don't really believe that yeah, exactly. uh, so much. Yeah. Um, I think the main thing is that, you know, he needs the manager's trust to start playing games. Um, the, the problem with Van der Beek is, is that he plays um, in exactly the same position that Bruno does. I mean, that's what uh, Ole signed him for, to play that number 10 position. Um, and... You know, when, when you have a player, as I mentioned earlier, like Bruno Fernandes, who wants to play every game, I think there have been multiple times during the season where oh, they would have been like, you know, Bruno, you, you're having a rest next week. And, and I think he would have been, you know, of the sort that would tell the manager, look, I, I'm all right. I want to play. Um, and, and Ole kind of gives in because he's that good. Um, so, so I think that's where Van der Beek has found his opportunities limited. Um, and, and it's a shame because he's a fantastic player. Now, could he have been used in other? Can can Ole have been a little bit more flexible in using him in other positions? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because with Pogba um, being out, out now, well, yeah, he's not an out and out number ten. He can play a deeper role as he's done for Ajax before. Um, so, so there's not a you know he doesn't have to play that number ten position. So, uh, with with me, I think Ole could have given him a lot more opportunities than he has had. Um, I still think he's a fantastic player. Um, I, I, that that would probably be the one game so far this season that I've seen uh, Van der Beek play, and I've been like, well, he, he's he's off, you know, because more often than not, when even when he comes off the bench, you know, he's sharp, he's good with his passing, his movement is top class, and this was the one game when I've been like, uh, he's a pale shadow of himself. Mm. Uh, but I understand that because yeah. he hasn't played a lot of games, and yeah. that happens. I bet he's got a favourite blanket on the bench. Uh, he will be losing it. West... I just hope he doesn't have frozen, uh, frozen feet. <laughs> West Brom against Man United is Sunday at 10pm. That's 19th against 2nd. Arsenal against Leeds is 11th against 10th. This one could be a lot of fun. Monday, half past 12, this kicks off. Leeds United picked up their 10th victory of the season on Monday when they defeated Crystal Palace. They're, they're pretty much safe now, Des Cockett, which means we can see expansive leads, which is great fun for everybody. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's any different from anything else that Bielsa True. has. He goes True. out uh, minute by minute. Um, that was a really good victory against Crystal Palace, who can be horrible. The, the early goal from, from Harrison, who I'm liking more and more, really helps. And an early goal in the second half as well, as they, they took the game to a dour Crystal Palace. Once again, yeah, they're great fun. They've been a, a real asset. I think Bob was saying last week it is so strange for people of our generation to actually look on a Leeds team and, and admire them. But we like this Leeds team. We're going to have to call them dirty old Leeds with a new revamp under Bielsa. But you watch. As soon as Bielsa goes, they'll go back to their horrible ways. But at the moment, let's enjoy it. it, it it's great fun. I'm delighted that they are playing well. You know my attitude. Are, are they worth getting up in the middle night to pay your subscription for, the answer is yes, 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 every single time for Leeds United. So I'm very much looking forward to, to seeing them playing their way and have a, a couple more nine-goal thrillers between now and the end of the season. 
Hashtag love leads. That's what I say. Mm, no. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Arsenal, I don't know. This is the new leads. Uh, Arsenal in eleventh. Their season's pretty much a write-off. Um, but if if you're looking for a shining light, Bob Holmes, I thought the the loan signing of Mart- Martin Odegaard from from Real Madrid was quite clever. When we've when he's come on. We've seen he's got the touches. He might even get a full run out here, a full debut. Yes. Um, very interesting case, uh, Odegaard. You, uh, you don't know whether he's supposed to be a Messi or, a, or a, an Ozil, do you, really? Uh, billed as the next big thing many years ago. Uh, didn't quite make it, but not totally written off. And this is like a second life for him. Um, he's not a kid anymore. He's been around a bit, played in the Bundesliga, but um, not, as, not as well as was expected. However, um, I think this is a good move for him. I think Arsenal will probably suit him. Uh, Arteta, I think he's a good, uh, a shrewd manager, and he's got some good youngsters alongside him. So I think he'll feed off that enthusiasm and... Uh, Arsenal have got rid of Ozil as a result of this uh, little shuffle and £300,000 a week off the uh, wage bill. Uh, Odegaard is not getting uh, anywhere near that. In fact, uh, he's not getting... um, In fact, Arsenal are not even paying his full salary, I believe. Um, They're paying only a chunk of it. But um, yes, it will be fascinating to see what he's like starting. He's had a couple of runouts as a sub. Um, But uh, the only thing that concerns me is that uh, Emil Smith-Rowe, who's been a revelation, might have to give way to him. Mm. Um, I hope not on a long-term basis, perhaps on an occasional basis to give him a rest. But he's he's been great. And uh, I just hope that the bigger name foreign player doesn't sort of muscle out the the young local lad. Uh, I hope that's not the case here. And another guy who may suffer a little bit is Saka, who's been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, probably their player of the year, almost certainly their player of the year so far. But he may be shunted back to left back, which I think cramps his style for obvious reasons. But I think he's better given a free reign to attack. And because uh, Tierney is not fit yet to resume and that's that's the reason he may have to play left back but I think that should be avoided at all costs because Saka Saka has won uh, his place in the England side deservedly and he's got a great understanding with Smith Rowe so I think to upset that for any reason at all would be a mistake so um, but anyway Odegaard yeah it'll be very interesting to see. And this is a a good footballing test here. Leeds are a footballing side and they, they give the opposition a chance. So uh, we'll see what Arsenal are made of at this tie. All right. Bernd Leno's served his suspension. So he's available for uh, Arsenal between the sticks. Calvin Phillips, apparently might be a doubt for, for Leeds United. He limped off in the last game. So, We'll check on that. That one is a Monday, half past midnight kickoff. Arsenal against Leeds United. Offer another break. Stick with us. Back with the big one next. Lovely football. Speed of that little passage of play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. A two-goal lead. A picture of a goal. And that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Back with Bob Holmes, Craig Marias, and Des Corkill on this first evening of the Year of the Ox, looking at Man City, top of the table against eighth place Tottenham Hotspur. Sunday, half past one. Um, if you need spoilers, Des Corkill, they don't come bigger than Jose Mourinho. If you want records to fall, Des Corkill, 15 match unbeaten, straight winning record. The person to probably do it is Jose Mourinho, Des Coquille. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I was thinking exactly that uh, when, when uh, I got the, the rundown for this. Uh, Mourinho 
suddenly has a lot to prove, bizarrely. He has nothing to prove, but suddenly has a lot to prove. There's a lot of doubters. Is he dealing the right way? Is he, uh, what's gone wrong with Tottenham? Who remember were near the top of the table uh, when they went to Anfield at the end of November, I think it was. And things have gone spectacularly all right, culminating in that 5-4 against, against Everton. But he's still a wonderful coach. I, I, I'm not a fan of how he, he sets teams up. Um, but he's a wonderful coach. And this is exactly the game in which he may well be able to inspire his teams. He keeps talking about individual errors costing his team dear, and, and, and that's quite right. And I think some little things have gone against Tottenham in recent weeks. That ridiculous penalty conceded against Everton, where it's a modern penalty. Nobody's doubting it. Well, I am, because it's a crap penalty. But that changes the whole game. And things have been going against Tottenham, going for Man City, a la the Walker goal against Swansea, the offside decisions, etc. Sometimes that will just change, and this could be the the one. Um, if not a victory for Tottenham, certainly something to, to spike Man City's winning run. Because you, you're dead right. I think he'll set them up to hit on the break. And if Harry Kane is even three quarters fit, and he and Son Young Min uh, get two chances, they'll score one of them, and uh, that that could be the difference. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Um, City will be a juggernaut, but yeah, Mourinho the spoiler. I think he got it right. Yeah. Juggernaut is possibly too small a word to describe this Man City side, Craig Mirais. Looking for a 16th straight victory without Kevin De Bruyne, without Sergio Aguero. We made all those points. Um, Gundogan stepped up. I mean, they're raging favourites for this one. I know we fancy Mourinho. He's a spoiler and all that. But on paper, sensible head says easy home win. I'm surprised we haven't mentioned Pep versus Mourinho for this one. I mean, the, the, these are two, you mean, you talk about the rivalry of, of, of certain teams in the Premier League. I mean, this is a rivalry between managers that has gone, you know, from Spain and has come to England. And uh, I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't say, um, you know, there's a jealousy as such, but Pep always takes all the plaudits um, over Mourinho. Uh, I think that's that's quite well known. Rightly and, and so, I think that, rightly. Yeah, rightly <laughs> so, rightly so. And I think that always eats away at Mourinho a little bit. Um, you know, I think, I think that, you know, Mourinho has had some really good performances against Pep's sides. But it's, uh, you know, it, you know, Pep's always portrayed as a nice guy and, and Mourinho, the not so nice guy, uh, the grumpy one, the, the, you know, this... The, the angry one, the moaning one, and, and Pep's all, you know, yeah, I've got my millions and I can go spend it. And uh, that I think that always irks um, Mourinho a little bit. Uh, but coming back to the football, um, yeah, Man City going into this massive favourites after such a fantastic performance uh, last week um, against their their rivals of the past three years. You know, I mean, to, to put in a performance like that at Anfield um, was special. It was a special performance. Now, I know Liverpool are missing some key players, yes, but you're still going to go out there and do it. They, they missed the penalty. You know, that sometimes that turns. I mean, uh, decisions like that, when you miss it in such a high-profile game, and especially from a player's point of view, I mean, we, we, we focus on Gundogan. I mean, he's obviously taken over from Kevin De Bruyne as the, yeah. as the main player of that team. I mean, that, that could tear. I mean, we've seen it countless times in the past, you know, missing a penalty in, 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 a, mag, in a game of that magnitude, you know, can, can really... Um, eat at the player and, and affect his confidence. He, he he just goes on and scores two goals to make up for it. I mean, it, it was so good. I mean, it didn't stop his, it didn't change his his mindset, you know, and, and it was fantastic to watch. It was such a joy. Um, but, you know, I agree with Des, you know, I think at certain times, Mourinho has been unlucky this season. Um, and, you know, if there's ever going to be a chance that there's this city uh, team can be derailed, uh, even if it's just a little blip. Um, this could be the one. You know, I thought Liverpool might be able to do it last last week, you know, just to make it a little bit more interesting. Um, even a draw, you know, I fancied them for a draw. Um, but if Spurs can get something from this, you know, um, it, it just gives, you know, it just gives the, the rest of the, the league, you know, <laughs> that little bit of hope and yeah. a little bit more exciting. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to go for an upset here. Oh, okay. In November, when they met, it was 2 0 to Spurs, uh, Song Hyun Min and Lo Celso. Yeah. That win in November, after nine games played, uh, shot Spurs to the top of the table, Bob Holmes. Yeah. And then since then, 
since he's gone on a 22-game unbeaten run, of which we heard 15 of those consecutively have been wins now in the last 15. Who do you fancy? Well, I uh, actually think that City could run away with this, you know. Um, uh, they had an easier uh, assignment in midweek, uh, winning at Swansea, whereas Spurs, uh, we've uh, mentioned that, it, was, it went to extra time and they were knackered at the end of it and downhearted. And uh, I thought Mourinho's attitude at the end was interesting. He, he seemed to take it on the chin. And uh, when he was asked about it, he was actually smiling, which is the first time I've ever seen that uh, from him after a, a, a defeat. Uh, and a very agonizing defeat at that. So I, I was just wondering if, you know, he's um, beginning to tire of this, of the job or something, maybe reading too much into it. But um, I just thought it was a little bit uncharacteristic of him to not, uh, you know, berate the referee and the alignment of the stars and the weather and everything else, as he usually does. Um, and but I don't think he's quite got the team or the stomach for for this assignment. Um, and I, I think that uh, he's met Pep on many occasions in Europe and Spain, of course, and in England. And he's, he's had a better team. Most of the time, he's had a better shout than he's got this weekend. He's got a team that is not really playing that well, although they, they did play reasonably well in patches against Everton, to be fair. But compared to Pep, and we're talking about juggernauts not being an adequate word to describe them, um, I, think, I think this could be a bit embarrassing, actually. Mm. I think City will, could win this by a hatful. That's, that's my, my sense. My explanation to why Mourinho was a little bit strange post-Everton defeat was he didn't know how to top Ancelotti's blowing into the coffee. I mean, <laughs> how do you top that, right? <laughs> what, what a great sight that was. Um, okay, massive game uh, for Tottenham. City raging <clears throat> favourites. First versus eighth is Sunday at half past one. West Ham in sixth take on bottom of the table, Sheffield United. For all the plaudits we've given David Moyes, and what a great turnaround, hammers in the top half, top six, and all that, Des Corkill. He still went through January, having sold his £45 million striker, not signing cover for Mikel Antonio. I'm thinking this kind of decision might actually come back and bite you in the backside. Um, more importantly than any player, West Ham looked like West Ham on the field of play against Manchester United. They wore the sky blue and the stripes. And the marketing of West Ham United, in 20 years' time, people will say, who did Man United play? It was West Ham. Because I get really frustrated when teams like Man City wear black against Swansea. Or Man United wear those ridiculous ziggies uh, when, when as, as a third trip. That's totally unrelated to the game. Um, you know it's what? Uh, Burnley or Villa, by the way. Uh, sorry? They, they might think it's Burnley or Villa, by the way. No, without West Ham stripes. Not with those two, <laughs> not with those two vertical stripes. It's yeah, instantaneously no. yeah. West um, Ham. Umbro have been, I've done, I've done West Ham good here. Uh, well, the, the people in charge of West Ham have, have, have done, done a good thing. And the people in charge of West Ham have done a lot of good things. And there's not stupid money to spare because no crowds are coming in. Uh, there's a chance that um, clubs may well face bankruptcy a la Barcelona, a la many teams lower down if they overspend, a la Liverpool in some ways, if they overspend. And so if, if you haven't got 45 million spare in the bank, you don't go and sign a, a top-class striker. West Ham aren't based upon... Um, uh, got uh, 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 leading from from the front there based upon solid defensive virtues hard working play and you know what you can train players you can get people from your youth team as they tried they threw the kid on and took him off in extra time as well but you can trust your own youth development policy that's what used to happen and that's what's kind of been forgotten great examples of youth development policy working Scott McTominay you've we've spent half this show talking about Bruno Fernandez and Odegaard and yet and and, uh, and players who were coming in yet it was Scott, Scott McTominay who was a, a, a product from the youth development of Man United who's come through 
what is wrong with developing your own players from your own academy and trusting them in situations where you, you're, you're saying oh, there's a 45 million quick fix. So my big answer to that is that trust uh, David Moyes. He will bring some players through. If Antonio is not fit for the rest of the season, he will have different systems that he can play. Jared Bowen can play up front as he did for, for Hull City. And spending money is not always the answer. I thought that was the big lesson we learned from the lockdown. And, yeah. uh, the COVID crisis. I, I bet, I bet um, Chris Wilder wishes he could bring up some players at Sheffield United. I bet he, he wishes he could bring in 11 Billy Sharps, Bob Holmes. But they, they're as good as down, aren't they? They, 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 they I can, can anyone help them? I mean, they showed signs of form recently, but no, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, very difficult. But uh, I think it's worth mentioning that their turnaround came in the FA Cup. Um, they got a win. I think it was a fairly cheap win. Um, can't remember who they played a fairly easy home tie, uh, which they were expected to win. And they did so, I think by one nil, uh, not a totally convincing performance, but a win is a win and they weren't getting any, were they? And it, since then they went on a bit of a run. They, um, they've won a couple of games in the league and they're not mathematically down. They've still got a lot of work to do. They've still got to put in a top four-like performance for the rest of the season to have a chance. Um, there is a bit of a gap developing because nobody's really slipping down. Like normally there's somebody from lower mid-table who has a bad run and suddenly they're down there and the momentum carry, can carry them down into the relegation zone, but that's not really happening. Brighton have given themselves breathing space, Newcastle have. So it's very difficult for Sheffield United, but they're going down, if they do go down, they're going down fighting. And there's no question that uh, Wilder will lose his job. He's a hero there, deservedly so. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't be surprised to see them bounce back again next season if they do go down. Uh, especially with crowds, if crowds come back, because they've got terrific support, Sheffield United. So the answer is, I don't think they can do it, but I think they'll put up a fight and they'll win a few more games uh, before the end of the season. All right. West Ham against Sheffield United is Monday, 2 a.m. kickoff. We've got more Match Week 24 previews on our TFIF on video via YouTube. Do check it out. For now, I'm going to let the guys return to their pineapple tarts and such. Uh, so I say many <laughs> thanks to Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to Craig Marias. Thank you very much. Kongsi Vachai. And thank you, Des Corkill. The fabulous year of the Ox. Yep. Kongsi Vachai, everybody. Stay safe. Speak to you next week. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball on BFM 89.9. It is Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.